Como esta? Pastor Shan here, captain of the High Quality Squad and your favorite therapist. It's been a minute, huh? I started this podcast back in 2019 for my 30th birthday. Was that 2019? Chad, might be telling my age. Um, back in 2019, I turned 30 and it was a way to celebrate a new era, if you will, of life. The podcast originally started being focused on um, a certain number of things. So I had this really grand structure. And after recording the first episode and then recording the second episode and not uploading the second episode, I just kind of felt like that wasn't the original idea of the podcast. Like that wasn't what I needed to talk about on the podcast. And so here we are starting over again two years later. And I have much more focus and clarity, if you will, on what this is going to be. And so I'm super excited to share all that I have with you as you listen along. So welcome to the squad. So excited to have you here. Make sure you are subscribed, whether it's here um, via Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every other way that you can listen to a podcast. Uh, make sure that you're subscribed here so you know what is going on. Share the podcast with somebody that's all down for a good conversation um, between a bomb therapist, a great pastor, and we'll get into it. So I want to start by talking about why the change in content and why so long between episodes. Um, like I said earlier, when I first started, I had one vision. We were going to have the podcast opened up with affirmations. Um, those affirmations would take us into a seed. Um, if you're following me on IG at High Quality Chicks or at High Quality, um, you know that seeds are a regular part of my content. And so they typically go, can I drop a seed in your heart on insert subject? Um, and so I had decided that I would do those on the podcast. And then from there, I would move on to a a judge and mother segment. And then we would end with a song or today's bop. Um, since then, I have adjusted all of that. I have completely rearranged, changed, added to, subtracted from <laughs> those content areas. Um, and I'm looking forward to starting that content back on the High Quality Chicks IG page. However... I've come to the podcast and I've come to the real realization that this is all about me having conversation with you guys. And so that's what I want this to be. I want this to be a space of conversation, of learning. My prayer is that as you listen to the podcast, you'll be able to learn, grow, evolve from the stories that I have, even maybe from the stories that you all may share with me. I want to talk about real things that revolve around faith, womanhood, and therapy, because that's always going to be the focus of anything that you see High Quality Chicks doing. It is going to be faith womanhood therapy. Um, but with that said, I am going to leave the first episode up. So if you want to get a glimpse of what the original idea is, just kind of see the growth, the uh, evolution, if you will, of what High Quality Chicks podcast has become. I will leave that up. I still think it's some amazing things in that recording. It's some good content. That seed in that content um, is exceptional. I believe the affirmation was I can win with what I have right now. And that's still something that I strongly believe in. That's still something that I stand by. I believe that you have everything you need to do what you're doing right now. 
So without getting off track, um, I evolved all of that content and I decided that this would be a space for us to have, again, real conversations. So we're going to have some real conversations. I also had originally been posting story time with Pastor Shan with stories are not funny, but we're going to laugh anyway on my Instagram page, my personal Instagram page. Um, and someone gave me a bomb idea. They were like, put it on the podcast. And I was like, mm, mm. Um, and here we are. So I hope to add that to the podcast as well. So shout out to you, sis, um, here as well. So I do have a story time that I'm going to do in this episode. And y'all, I'm geeked about telling y'all this story time because I just know y'all going to get some gems out of this. We're going to laugh about it, but we're going to grow. And so... I have all the content. I still have affirmations. I still believe that what you say matters and that allows you to amplify that voice. The scripture says that there are no voices in the earth without signification. The way that you amplify significance is by saying stuff consistently and by listening intently. And so the more that you speak, the more that you listen, the greater that significance grows. The voices decrease and lose their level of significance in your life as you ignore them and stop and stop repeating I tell everybody that is in therapy with me that um, you have to start speaking to the things that speak to you. And so I want to encourage you to do that as well. Um, And so now those seeds have evolved into stories and those uh, today's bop is have evolved into body roll Fridays and um, those will be coming to the podcast as well. I cannot wait. I created body roll Friday as a way for women to grow. This was my womanhood portion, if you will. Um, I created it as a space for women to grow and evolve and learn to love and appreciate their bodies. Because one thing everybody can do is roll. And so I created body rolls as a fun way for women to celebrate their bodies, no matter what shape, size, height, length, weight, all of that. Uh, This is the one thing we all can do together. And you don't have to be an expert to do a body roll. You don't have to be a trained dancer to be a body roll. You don't even necessarily need rhythm to be a body roll. All you got to do is roll. And so I'm excited to bring Body Roll Fridays to the podcast as well. And so all of that to say, (coughs) excuse me, all of that excitement to say, that's where we're at now with the podcast. So again, stick around. Welcome to the squad. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited that you're listening. Um, Hopefully you get to hear this because I just got a feeling, you know, sometimes you start stuff, you delete it, whatever. Uh, But hopefully you get to listen to this and you get to hear just a little bit about why I'm starting over and how I got here. So with that being said, this first episode is going to focus on purity culture. And I'm so excited to tell y'all. All the things that I have to tell you all about it. It is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. And I'm really excited to chat about it. I thought I would do a live on this topic. But I decided that it would be easier to have a conversation here. Okay, so that way if the girls want to tussle, they can't tussle me in this podcast. It's a one-way street. All right, you get to listen. I get to talk and I got to tussle with you. <laughs> but um, I still think this is going to be a fruitful conversation. And I wanted to start that conversation off by going to one of my favorite scriptures, if you will, uh, in the Bible. This is a parable. Um, everybody knows it. Everybody has heard it. Um. Everybody has pretty much taught it. And I think that it could be really helpful in what we have going on. Um, It can also be super helpful in us being able to destroy purity culture. And so 
I am going to find that and we're going to read it together or we'll go through it together. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about how Purity Culture got started, uh, what was the context of the need or the why behind Purity Culture, and then what we can do to start breaking it down and destroy it. Now, this will not be a full dissertation on the topic, uh, but it will give you a glimpse into what should be happening with this particular subject, especially for the women of God. Um, that have a desire to live their life wholly unto God, if you will, separate it, um, set apart, uh, which should be all of our, all of our Lord, give me my words, okay, all of our agenda in becoming more like Christ. And so if you have a Bible, because I don't believe you should let nobody read the Bible to you without you reading it with them, this is accountability. Um, if you have a Bible, if you can turn with me to Matthew 25, we're going to read Matthew 25. We're going to start at verse 1, and then we're going to work our way all the way down to verse 13. Um, this is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. And so we're going to start our reading at verse 1. Again, we're going to read all the way down to verse 13. Have your Bible present in these podcasts because, yes, I'm teaching the Word of God, okay? Everything we talk about in the lens of faith, womanhood, and therapy is going to have the foundation as Jesus Christ, all right? I do not believe in going in other places to find what God has to say about me, the way I should live my life, and his expectation for my life. I believe that the Bible should have the final say-so. So if you feel like you got to go do some other things, this might not be the space for you. You might not feel as safe, but I believe that, so that's what I'm going to teach. Um, and so I know you got it by now, but if wherever you are, if you got it, I just want you to say, I got it where you at, because it just makes me feel like we have in communication. You know, I'm the type of preacher, pastor, if you will. Uh, I like the talking back, like we got to have some communication. So if you got Matthew 25, verse number one, I'm going to start the reading there and you're going to say, I got it. And I'm going to say, amen. All right. So let's give it a go. Your turn. Look at y'all. Okay. Now y'all got it. Amen. So now that y'all got it, I'm going to start the reading at verse number one. Matthew 15, verse 1. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, this is the verse that I want you to focus on. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Verse number nine. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should be, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he said, he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, watch, watch. Therefore, you know, neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming. And so again, two verses I want us to place emphasis on actually three. Uh, verse number one, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins 
who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. I also want us to focus on verse five. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And then I want us to focus on our last and final verse, which is verse number 12. But he answered and said, surely I say to you, I do not know you. All right. And so this parable was designed to give us an explanation of what the kingdom of heaven is like. All right. So this gives us a parable. It is a representation. It is a, um, what's the word? My English, my, my English teachers know what I'm trying to say. Uh, it gives us a story that is similar to uh, what is the real actual thing is. And so it is an expression of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And so what they focus on and what God focuses on in verse one is telling us that, or Jesus is telling us that the kingdom of heaven is likened unto 10 versions. Now, if you're like me and you love word studies and you got to know what the word means because you know that, you know, English is not the best interpretation of original Greek and Hebrew text. And it can also be extremely misleading. Uh, you might be looking at that word version like me and be like, well, what does that mean? Now, I know we have a healthy exception that um, when we say virgin, we're always thinking about someone who has not had sex. Um and I had to go look this word up for myself because, again, that English, I don't be trusting. So I went into my little Strong's Concordance and I went to go look it up and I went to like uh, the V section of the Concordance and then I looked for the word version and then I looked for the verse. And wouldn't you know that that word virgin there means someone who has not had sexual intercourse. And I thought to myself, this is very interesting because the premise of purity culture is that if you remain a virgin, you will be promised three things. So you're going to have a phenomenal husband. So you get the cream of the crop. I'm talking about the man that make all the money with the good insurance, with the big house, with the white picket fence, with two, y'all going to have two children. The children going to be faithful children. They're going to be obedient. They're going to be the best well-mannered kids ever. They ain't going to never have no tantrums. They ain't going to cut up. You ain't going to have to get them the conversation in the car before you get in the store. Y'all know the conversation I'm talking about. The one that's like, when we get in here, don't ask for nothing. Don't touch nothing because you ain't getting nothing. See, if you remain a virgin, you're not going to have to do that with your kids. And then, of course, you're going to live the best life ever. And you're going to have the greatest sex of your life. All you got to do is be a virgin. And so this story gives us some type of insight into what is really happening. And so I love that Jesus compares this to uh, virginity because what he's saying is the kingdom of God is pure. The kingdom of God is patient. Uh, the kingdom of God is worthy to wait on. And so we go down a little bit further and they start to get some division. We start to see that while they all are versions, some were wise and some were foolish. All right. Some were wise and some were foolish. Now, this is an interesting distinction to me because purity culture teaches us that all you need to gain access to those three rewards of a great husband, obedient children and amazing sex is to be a virgin. That's the only thing that you need. But what this story tells us or what Jesus is telling us that that's not enough. And so he makes a distinction between the foolish and the wise. So when we look at this word foolish in our concordance, um, I looked it up and I was a bit, you know, befuddled because the word literally means foolish. And I said to myself, you can't define a word with a word. Uh, that's very, it's given much very African-American uh, audacity. You know how we be like, you know, Bob. And you be like, nah, I don't know, Bob. You know, Bob, Bob. 
uh, saying a word twice does not, saying the name twice, the idea, concept, theory twice does not jog one's memory. And I felt like as I was researching and, and trying to figure out what that word meant, I felt like the Lord put an African-American culturally um, acceptable thing on me. And I had to take a moment and be like, hold on, Lord, because you can't do that. Like you can't define a word with a word. And so I had to go back and look at the other conjugated um, ex or conjugated definitions of this word. And so when I went back to look at it, I saw that it meant tasteless, saltless, lacking savor. Um, it meant essentially unwise. And so then, of course, I went to go look at this word wise. Now, this word put the same African-American audacity on me 2.0 because it literally said wise. And I said, OK, but what did it mean? And I had to, again, go back to those conjugated um, definitions and then begin to look at what that word meant. And so it meant thinking. Uh, it meant understanding. Um and so this gave me a contextual understanding around what God meant when he said the kingdom of God is like 10 virgins, uh, 10 women who have not been touched. Um, and we know that they are women because it says that they went to go meet the bridegroom. Um, and so we know that these were 10 women or 10 virgins, uh, women who had not had sexual experiences. Um, so the kingdom of God is like that. But then it also adds on to say that it's also like people who can think, who can understand, who have taste, who have salt or preserving power, um, who have sustaining power, if you will. Uh, the kingdom of God is like all of these things. And what's interesting about the distinction that's made between the wise and the unwise is that the unwise were shut out. The scripture says that they were not prepared. They were ill prepared. Um, they did not come ready to refill their wick or their oil for the lamps. And they tried to uh, essentially bully the, the wise women into giving them some oil. And in my mind, how the story went was they was like, you can come up off some of that oil. Uh, this was the foolish women uh, or virgins. They were like, you can come up off some of them, that oil shoddy. And then the wise women were like, nah, dog, get your own because this is mine. And they were like, you ain't got to be stingy. You can, you know, give me a little bit. You keep a little bit. We can make some things shape, teamwork, make dream work. And uh, the wise virgins was like, no, it don't. You should have came prepared. It's an iron team today. And they decided not to share. They said, in fact, since you didn't prepare, you can go up there and get your own stuff. How about you go buy it yourself, just like I did before we took this journey? And so they go to the market and they try to go get it quickly because they feel like in a moment of delay, they have extra time that they did not have. And they go get the oil. They come back. And but right before in the twinkling EBV of an eye, the door shut. And the only women that were able to get in were the ones who had wisdom. Now, this completely uproots all ideas concerning purity culture because, again, the foundation is no sex means great family, great husband, great sex life. 
And so now we have to begin to tear these structures down but and begin to get real understanding of why God desires for us to be virgins, both men and women. So this is not just a female expectation. It is a male expectation too. It also causes us to question what's our why behind virginity? Why is it that you have decided to take this path if you are on this path? If you're not on this path, but you decided that it's a good time to get back on the path, what made you get back on the path? What's the motive? Because the reward is not marriage. And so um, I want to kind of, so I want to kind of share what my, um, I guess you could say what my why is. I'll use the language. What my why is behind um, maintaining my own virginity. And for me, it took a lot of years of traveling through to figure it out now. Um, if you couldn't calculate by earlier in the message, um, I am 32. I will be 33 this year. And so um, between my early teen years to my mid-20s, um, my decision to be a virgin was solely based on pain. I don't want to experience pain because the narrative around sex for me was one is nasty, despicable. God is not pleased. You shouldn't want to have sex. If you horny, you going to hell. All of that's a lie, but that's what my narrative was. And then the other side of that was, and even if you do have sex, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's nasty. You don't want to do that. Um, that's not something you want to do. You know, it's really painful. And so I had these two negative concepts contending in my mind about why I was keeping my virginity. And so it became, I want to avoid pain and I want to please God. Well, over time, obviously the bottom develops, grows, evolves, and you come to find out that, wait a minute, I don't think that this was designed to be painful. I don't think that this was designed to be um, all these different things that these two spaces taught me. And I said to myself, okay, now that I've surpassed the fear of pain and now that I've surpassed the fear of not pleasing God, um, because the scripture says that it is impossible to please God without faith. And so that lets me know that faith is necessary to please God. And so that is outside of the act of sin or sex. And now we know that it takes faith to know that God's word is true and all of those things are right. So I'm not saying, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that um, having sex is not an expression of a lack of faith because it is. We'll get to that in a second. But what I do want to say is that um, that, that being the foundation of me wanting to keep my virginity was not what God intended. And so as I begin to explore uh, my own why and ask myself what the reason was, and of course, you know, a couple of fine guys came along and I was like, all right, Lord, uh, you know, let me get it over with while I'm young, right? Um, let me get it over with while I'm young. Well, God, I don't want to necessarily lose this person or this seems really important to him. Let me explore it, test it out, see if I like it. I don't know. What if I do like it? everybody's having sex anyway, so why can't I? And that led me on a long journey of figuring out what I was doing it for. And so ultimately, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to save it because I needed to do it for my own mental safety, my own emotional safety. Um, it became less about 
uh, trying to uphold these narratives around purity culture and more about sharing how do you keep yourself safe as you navigate relationships until you get married. Um, and then also the why evolved into the firm understanding. And this is kind of where I want to land on in this point, the firm understanding that the whole intent and reason behind maintaining one's virginity is to glorify God. The only reward you get out of it is glorifying God. It is essentially put in place to make God look good. That's it. That's the context of it. And I wish somebody would have told me that in the beginning stages of my faith because it would have made making a decision to maintain virginity a lot easier. Isn't it a powerful idea that you have the ability to make God look good, to glorify God, to give him the credit, if you will, uh, by making a simple decision to abstain from a certain activity? absolutely blew my mind and it taught me a lot about what I believe about God. So to go back to my point on faith or sin being a, more of a representation of a lack of faith than it is a, moral, uh, a lack of moral integrity, uh, what it really shows is that we don't believe that God is who he says he is. Now, I first got this idea or thought from Jackie Hill Perry. She said this in the teaching she did, and it completely blew my mind and transformed the way that I interact with Christ when it comes to that area of my life. And she said, most of us are not sinning because we don't know that it's wrong or we don't think that it's wrong or we don't know that there are consequences that may come after. We do it because we don't believe God is who he said he is. Wow. Wow. Imagine that. Imagine the idea that is not that you're nasty or filthy or unworthy or unlovable as to why you're having issues with sin. That maybe the issue is that you don't believe that God is who he said he is. And so if you're having sexual issues or concerns, it may just be that you don't believe that God is the all sufficient one, the God that satisfies. Or maybe it's that you having financial issues and the issue with you being able to manage manage your own money is that you don't believe that God is Jehovah Jireh or maybe the issue that you're having within your own health and having to take so many pills and and do so many things is because you don't believe that God is a healer you don't believe that deliverance is the children's bread. And so you may know those things, but you don't have full confidence, bold, unashamed faith that God is who he says he is in those areas. And so those are just examples of some of the ways that sometimes lack of faith can lead to sin in our life or missing the mark, because that's what sin is, missing the mark. So maybe the reason why you keep missing the mark is because you don't have enough faith. I hope that that's a lot easier to digest for you than just you being nasty and filthy and all these other things that are not true. Um, I could never understand why God can call something good and we can say it's everything but good. Blows my mind. So yeah, that is today's episode. I know I promised you guys a um, story time. So if you give me like two seconds to get my, you know, hosting voice, I got you on the story. Let me just, you know, clear my throat a little bit. <coughs> Hi, my name is Pastor Shan. Welcome to another episode of Storytime with Pastor Shan, where the stories are not funny, but you got it. We're going to laugh anyway. I want to tell you this story about this one time that I had dedicated my life at the moment, at least, to lose my virginity. All right, so boom. 
I was dating this guy and um, the only sole reason, the whole purpose of me dating him was so that we could have sex. That was it. That's all. I strictly picked him because I knew he liked to have sex. I knew that was important to him. I knew we were going to have sex. Like I just knew it. So I said, let me date him. One day we were, I, we were in college. This is BC now, like before Christ. So judge your mama. Um, but we were on the phone and we were talking and he made a comment. And the comment essentially was, let me find my guy voice. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Sure, you know, only got with you because, you know, I thought that, you know, you would help me slow down. That, you know, it was important for me to take this celibacy walk, you know, and stop trying to have sex all the time because I feel like I'm having sex too much. And, you know, being with you, you know, because you a virgin, I just think this will be really good for me. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, I ain't never broken with nobody so fast in my life. Immediately, no. Sir, I did not come over here to help you get your sexual life together. I came over here to get some. Now, ain't it like God to ruin your plans? I mean, just brought all my stuff to destruction. That was the moment, y'all, that I realized that God ain't playing with me. And I might want to get some act right. And so, uh, obviously, I did not lose my virginity. That was over 10 years ago. Uh, we still here. We still holding it down. P.O.P. Hold it down. Um, and I'm still here. More of the story. Don't you dare move your feet before God moves his. Song of Solomon says to not wait, awaken love before it's time. You don't have to wake it up to know that it's there. I love y'all richly. Welcome to the squad and see y'all next week. <laughs> I'm not going to